Uh, what's this? What are we doing? How are you? Movies, I guess. Yeah, movie. Movies, I guess. Welcome to movies, I guess. Um, yeah, it's been a couple weeks. We took a week off. Just kind of not uh, feeling the movies. I don't know if it's post-Oscar that there's just nothing exciting happening or if we're just burned out or a little of both i did see some things i have some yeah thoughts. me too i i feel like more and more as we're in the streaming season where plenty of stuff that would have been in the theater a year and a half ago under those conditions are yeah. now streaming plus streaming services are offering so much of their own content that usually it would be like oh what two three maybe four releases are there happening this week now who can say because right. there's 1700. Yeah. So which ones are the are the ones to to look at? I don't I don't know anymore. Yeah, I, I, and and the streaming is just really made everything it's just complicated everything and changed what it's like. I, I used to and you know, it's maybe for the best in the long run because I used to know what the prestigious movies were. I used to know what the important stuff was. And now my confusion occasionally gives way to a, a delightful surprise. Yeah. But it just feels like who knows what's what I look at what's for rent on voodoo or Amazon or whatever, or what's on Netflix. And it, when Netflix movies all sucked, it was easy. And now they're sometimes great, but they're usually a mediocre. And, and now that, you know, Sean Penn and Mel Gibson can star in a, in a movie that gets lost in the shuffle. Like there's just no signifiers anymore. You just have to really keep up with word of mouth, I guess, and reviews and, yeah, and I can no longer trust the Hollywood Foreign Press to guide right. me. Yeah, that's. I, I get a lot sting. of their publications, and mm-hmm. you know, I, but it's I all in other languages because it. it's foreign press, right? So. That's right. That's right. And so I'm more confused than I used mm-hmm. to be. I so here's my deal. Oh, I'm just going to mention this because I keep forgetting to mention it, and I don't expect that you caught up with this yet. But I have seen a Long Weekend show up on streaming places rental places okay and i saw that in the theater a couple months ago and i did not like it but i think it would be an interesting conversation if you want to see a weird indie uh rom-com all right you're you're keeping up with long weekend okay yeah (laughs) i i'll look into it i I don't prioritize it by by any means (laughs) no i'm not paying a high premium for it but Uh, is it still premium yeah okay i don't know it It probably is probably 20 bucks yeah i don't want to pay 20 bucks for it no. Did I? I don't know if I had a chance to complain about this because we didn't talk last week. But I did. I tell you about my uh, Showtime just getting canceled at. Uh, I think I messaged you about yeah, it. Yeah, you did mention that. And this happened a couple times before. You know, in the before times. What were you going to watch? I was going to see Together Together, which I actually right. did just manage to catch up with. Right. And um, I had a ticket for a Showtime, and I showed up for it. They said, "Oh yeah, that's not showing right now." What are these? What are these flights? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm on standby for uh, an Ed Helms movie. So, yeah, they just canceled it, rescheduled it, and that's it. And then they say, "Oh, the, their big thing is, but don't worry, go on over to the ticket counter and we'll give you a comp." Well, oh. it's my subscription slot for the week, so a comp doesn't right. do me any good at all. Do they at least give you your? your comp back uh i believe they did i believe they freed that slot up but i even then i don't use all of my slots right you, know? you get three a week which is quite generous i don't know who's yeah i there was a time i don't know what that was about in my life where <laughs> i would have gone to that and more 
Hmm. And now I can barely be bothered to leave the house for yeah. important things in my life. <laughs> right, right. I'm finally getting a little bit comfortable, you know, this this many weeks after vaccination. I'm comfortable going to the movies. It's fun. Uh, I, I go to afternoon movies, so it's yeah. usually very low attendance. Um, I was always comfortable. I was, that was never my issue. Hmm. My, my, <laughs> my issue is just being a misanthrope. <laughs> yeah and staying in my hovel right was my issue yeah well nature is healing itself because people are starting mm-hmm. to do that thing where they just sit anywhere they want regardless <laughs> of assigned seats and then being like oh what what oh is this your seat is this your seat oh oh that's happening so that gives me hope i hate that i know it's really messed up you got to pick that seat right I don't understand it. I don't understand the process. Somebody else's seat. Why would you do that? The only thing I used to tell myself is that, well, maybe these are people who go up and walk up and say one for whatever, please. And then they, the person, but how does the teller then choose the the dumbest seat possible? Right. I don't know. And it's like, I would just go sit in another seat, but then I'm potentially in someone else's seat. It's a, it's a domino effect. You're paying forward your bullshit Mm -hmm. is what you're doing. They are the person. The, You're the, forcing uh, me to deal with this. Yeah. Because if I don't, then someone else will have to deal with me, and I don't want to be right. in that situation. Right. Not at all. No. So last week I saw Top Gun because I'd never seen it, and nothing Ooh. was showing at that time. And that was fun. That was actually – that is a good movie that stands for all kinds of terrible things, but holds up as an undeniably uh, good, dumb action movie. Yeah, I I don't have anything intelligent to add to that conversation. <laughs> I saw it circa 2000 mm-hmm. on a tour bus, maybe in Canada. Wow. Who can say? Wow. But I think that I did watch it sometime. It's interesting to see that like kind of proto-cruise where he's like aggressively playing an asshole. And that's the whole thing. He's this cute 20-year-old asshole and everybody wants him. Now he's like the wizened you know, superhero, but he's humble. And it's interesting to see how those personas evolve over time. But Yeah, anyway. I've always secretly sort of liked Tom Cruise. I don't know. He's good at what he does. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. Sure. Like I think about Minority Report. There's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. underrated gem. What a good movie. That's great. He's undeniably great. The Mission Impossible movies, as far as franchises of big, dumb blockbusters go, that that's my franchise of choice. They're always exciting. He goes for it. You can see him risking his life to make the movie interesting. And that uh, usually works. It's great. Anyway, Dan, I'm looking at my diary on Letterboxd here, and it's slim pickings. Um, I don't know what, 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 what we've seen that matches up, so let me just tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've only got four titles since our last discussion. Okay. Stowaway, which I know we have both seen. Oh, yeah. Stowaway. The Mitchells versus the Machines. Yep, I saw that. Wander. No. And Together Together. No. Okay. So I've can... seen. I have two more. Yeah, uh, okay. Separation. Yes, that's right. And I have And last night I watched The Woman in the Window. And oh. I yeah, I was going to do that, but we can hold off on that if you want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'd like to see that too. So let me catch up on that one. That's mm-hmm. the one Julianne Moore? 
Um, it's more no. Amy Adams, but Julianne, That's Moore, what it is. Julianne Moore does appear. She is one of the versions of the lady across yes. the street or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. can't believe this. I, we're not going to go into it, but here I am. Yeah. I can't believe it wasn't a remake of something because I've seen this movie nine times. Right. It's kind of that thing that starts with Rear Window, right? And then yeah, there's a million it, versions of it's that. Rear Window Suburbicon. Inspired, not Suburbicon. What's but, the one? But you watch it. And right. you will have you'll be like, yeah, I've seen each element right. of this movie nine times. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I would say Wander is in that long weekend category of on if if you were just like my friend and movies weren't our main thing, I just would be like, don't waste your time with that. But because we talk about movies, they both would be an interesting conversation. So do not extend yourself to see either of them. Well, if but I, had I was, to, if I had to do it, do one of them, which ah, oh, they're both so baffling for what they mm. want to be. I mean, you maybe you can just think like indie rom-com with a twist and and it's it's what the twist almost always is or we Aaron Eckert and um Tommy Lee Jones as like crazy over the top conspiracy theorists um who you know are are they are they right as their reality unravels around them I don't know if I, if yeah neither of those sound good. I know, they're not they're both not good. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, let's put them on the on the. Why, like, why don't you just talk about them right now? All right. So long weekend is. I mean, I think it's come and gone. Even though it's finally available on demand, I don't. I just think its moment isn't gonna. It's from. Ah, see, I always forget these things. So let me look it up. It's from someone who does TV, and mm. that to me kind of explained some of its. Gonna have to be um, more specific. I know. <laughs> Like a showrunner for something big, but I don't remember what it is. So I'm I'm frantically scrolling through my diary. How long ago was it that I saw this? I saw this. It can't be before I. Yes, there it is. I saw it before I saw Shiva Baby and Voyagers and <laughs> Jacob's Wife. I know right. it's been a long time. The Courier, which doesn't exist. Um, all right, Long Weekend. Long Weekend is a. Uh, Indie rom-com, I keep saying that, but that's just so aggressively what it is. Bart's chance encounter with the enigmatic Vienna leads to a whirlwind weekend together. The two fall fast and hard. Both carry secrets that could be their undoing or their chance for a fresh start. So he's a guy who we meet down on his luck and he's getting over. It's Finn Whitrock, by the way. And the uh, Zoe Chow, who is not to be confused with Chloe Zhao, <laughs> which I'm not being insensitive that's something that has happened a great deal of times yeah, i think that's online. an easy that's an easy mistake to make yeah uh they, they're the two leads he's a guy rock bottom he's getting out of a relationship he's had some kind of medical issue we assume it's a substance abuse and then he meets this uh girl directed by steven Bassalone, by the way is the name of the guy and i'm trying to figure out what he's known for i'm gonna imdb him because letterbox is giving me nothing all right, he's known for the Goldbergs. That's not the show that I was thinking of, but I guess he's the is Goldbergs. Is anyone guy. known for the Goldbergs? <laughs> I guess the guy who created it is. No. <laughs> no one's known for anything on that show. I mean, can I just straight up spoil this movie because it's not worth talking about much yeah. more and it's going to be dancing around a spoiler. I'm never going to watch it. And if you listen, if you're listening and you, you know, skip 30 seconds if you want to see this Let dumb guess. movie. Let me guess. He Please, gave her his heart. Uh, very close. <laughs> 
but it's more of the she doesn't exist variety. Oh, God. She's a manic pixie dream girl, too good to be true, but she never wants to talk about her past and where she comes from until she finally has to tell him, I'm from the future. I'm from the future, and I have to take care of you because you're going to do great things and whatever. And then, of course, he has a tumor pressing on his brain that makes him hallucinate this person. And through convolutions, she ultimately, like, he goes to the hospital with her, but really it was just her, the spirit of this thing leading him so that he could get the treatment he needed and it saved his life. And it's so much worse than I just made it sound. It's so twee and cutesy and they actually say stuff like, what, what do you think? I'm a manic pixie dream girl. Like it's just, it just says everything out loud. Oh, it's gosh. so dumb. It's really bad. And then wander, uh, at least wander has two actors going for it in an enjoyable way but i thought it was just mishandled in the direction the performances are offensively over the top aaron eckert is this crazy conspiracy theorist something terrible happened to him and he believes that some corporation was in, was involved and it turns out they were it's one of those things where like this person's crazy and nobody believes him but then everything turns out to be true but did he hallucinate it but it's real but is it until the last moment of the movie when he's like clawing this microchip out of his chest so uh i just spoiled two movies that was probably rude but they're both baffling i guess wander was more interesting to watch fewer eye rolls but not ultimately very good see that was the answer i was looking for just like five minutes ago Mm -hmm. and you couldn't you couldn't decide which was better i guess now i hear it was wander but also, I'm so far from these things. I, the I good news is that I wasn't listening very closely. So right. so you'll be surprised when you accidentally I'll, I'll click just... play on one of these. <laughs> hey, Wander, what's this? I've never heard of this before. <laughs> Maybe I'll give it a try. Yeah. That's how I live my life. I was the, the most, I mean, Aaron Eckhart is interesting, but Tommy Lee Jones has been in like phone it in mode for so many years that seeing him play a crazy character is that alone is kind of worth the admission seeing him actually like do something show up mm. for a part was mm. interesting but uh it doesn't rescue the the project damon wayans jr and casey wilson are also in a long weekend by the way but so that's i think what they have that what that has going for it did you ever watch happy endings uh no that is a that is a series that is worth your time oh okay that it, it shows their talents and more mm. and that was a short-lived little gem of a show oh great both of them were in it? I think so. One of the weigh-ins mm-hmm. and, and Casey Wilson. Um, and they've both come up recently. He was in, on our show anyway, he was in Barb and Star and she was in, what was she in? What was Casey exactly Wilson? right. Yeah, Damon. Yeah. I'm wondering if that was also, could possibly be this dude who made this film? Just thinking oh. about them getting cast together. Nope, different different person. Anyway. Well, he is known for the Goldbergs. Yeah. <laughs> the only person to be such. Uh, okay. Oh, Adam Pally's in Happy Endings. I like Adam Pally. All right. It's a good show. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to... Well, no. I'm, I'm going to catch up with... Uh, I already forgot what it was. But, oh, the girl in the window. The lady in the yeah. window. Woman. Woman. So look she's, at that. She's oh, a man. woman. I would have been searching for hours. Um. <laughs> Let me talk about separation, because I don't think you're going to say Yeah, at this point, I don't think I'm going to get there. All right. So it's a horror-esque movie. With puppets, right? 
No. Hmm. Nope. I mean, maybe they use. Never mind. Go ahead. I thought there was like a marionette puppet at the center of that whole movie. I mean, yeah, I guess there's. Now that you say it, I guess there's a lot of puppets. (laughs) (laughs) That's just not what you chose to take with you. It's, but it's not the main thrust. Mm -hmm. So, I thought when I watched this that this must be based on a graphic novel, just because of the way it's shot and kind of its overall mood and feel. I don't think it was though. So basically we've got this couple that are at the tail end of a marriage. Just everyone's walking on eggshells and hostilities explode three ways from Wednesday. And what they share in common is this daughter who they both love and care for quite legitimately. The wife is a successful woman in, I don't know, business or law or something. And the husband is kind of a loser, but he is an artist. He wants to uh, draw graphic novels, and he just hasn't been able to kind of get his groove back after he had some success earlier in life. And so they're at their end of the rope. They're going to separate. She wants to take full custody. We're having a court battle, etc. She is suddenly and mysteriously killed uh, in a hit and run. And so suddenly this husband who was about to have nothing now inherits all of his wife's fortune. Of course, he gets custody of their daughter and the wife's father, who is also a lawyer, just wants to spend the rest of his life in court trying to take this little girl away from the father after he's inherited all of his daughter's possessions. And then the daughter starts seeing things around the house. Is it the ghost of her dead mother is is the girl mentally ill the uh, all sorts of uh, things start happening in the present with people being attacked or threatened and here's what i want to say about this the day that roger ebert taught me about the movie law of the economy of characters was the day i was very often no longer surprised with the way movies turned out because in regular life, there are all sorts of people you encounter, and some right. will be something to you, and some will be most will be nobody to you. But in the movies, everybody's there for a purpose. And so if you don't see the person's purpose, th- then there's going to be a twist involving the person, and it's a very right. obvious twist. Especially if they're a character actor that you recognize. Yes, yes. Very obvious twist. These movie characters act like movie characters. They make silly decisions it's really not worth seeing apart from what they have to do with the visuals because now that you reminded me of the puppets, these kind of apparitions that are maybe the mother, maybe not, are weird kind of human-sized puppet-looking things. They look kind of weird and they move strangely and some are bound to earth but others fly out the window. And then, then there's a main ghost of the mother, but then who were these other puppets? Are they the mother too, or are they some other demonic force at work in the house? It's it's unclear and unsatisfying and wow. generally a disappointment. So that's my take on separation. I'm, sure, I'm intrigued by the the visual elements. And the yeah, the, stuff, the visual but... element is worth what you know for better or worse. Some mm-hmm. of the things are like, wow, this looks really strange. But just the way that it's shot 
and the way that I thought it was based on a graphic novel based on the visuals. Mm -hmm. Just, you remember like, like the show heroes, yeah. how everything kind of looks like it's outlined in a, in a deeper black and it's just very colorful, Mm -hmm. but has kind of like a dark ominous filter over it. I felt like that's, that's this movie. Mm -hmm. Puppetry by Craig Marin and Olga Felgemacher. They should be ashamed. (laughs) Well, I'm guessing maybe they are. Wasn't as good as the Muppets. No. Not as good as the Muppets. No. Uh, Okay, cool. I will maybe, you know, stumble upon it someday and just check it out out of morbid curiosity, if nothing else. Mm Mm-hmm. So we, by the way, I'll just also mention, I look at my diary and I'm like, oh yeah, I watched that and I watched that. I don't tell you about everything I watch. Sometimes it's for, you know, I'm following a list or a podcast or a website or something and I don't want to give you too many like obligations, but I watched They Live. Have you ever seen John Carpenter's They Live? Mm, no. Famous, you probably know the imagery, the iconography of it. It's about a guy played by wrestler Rowdy Roddy Piper who finds a pair of sunglasses and when he wears them. He can see which people are like alien ghouls Mm. and advertisements become just big signs that say obey and stuff like that. He can see through, you know, the matrix. He can see through society. And that's a a classic, weird, fun horror movie. And uh, I would recommend, but you need something like uh, TCM on HBO Max or I think Criterion Channel to watch Brute Force, which mm. is a 1947 movie with Burt Lancaster uh, and Hume Cronin about a prison uh, uprising, which is one of the most brutal, violent movies I've ever seen from that era. But also just a very interesting, very interesting movie uh, by French director coming to America and making his first English language movie. I like the sound of that. Yeah, that one's worth following up on. All right, so then I guess the one... Have you, do you have anything else? Otherwise, we have the ones we've both seen, which are Stowaway and The Mitchells. Yeah, that's what I got. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about The Mitchells. Let's Great. do this. Let me just call it up. So The Mitchells versus The Machines is a... Uh, is this Netflix or Hulu? Netflix movie. Um, not originally. It's been acquired a few times. It's been through a few titles. It is from the creators of the Disney uh, animated show Gravity Falls. I believe that was a Disney production. And it has, I guess, a similar vibe to that. I've never seen much Gravity Falls, but people love that show. It stars uh, some, you know, the kind of cast you'd expect for a slightly twee, uh, hip kind of uh, post-millennial animated adventure. It's Abby Jacobson from Broad City. It stars as Katie Mitchell, who's a teenage girl. Uh, really a, a young adult about to make her way to college. Uh, Danny McBride is her father, Rick. Maya Rudolph is her mother, Linda. One of the film's directors is the voice of her little brother, um, Aaron. Uh, and then other people who show up are Olivia Coleman, interestingly enough, mm-hmm. Eric Andre, Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett, Chrissy Teigen, and John Legend as their neighbors, Charlene Yee. Conan O'Brien, a very uh, fun cast. And this is a frenetic, funny, kind of YouTube-informed animated film produced by Lord and Miller, not actually written or directed by them, but kind of has that Lord and Miller vibe about this family and their dysfunctions and their 
whatever they've got going on in the middle of what turns out to be a robot apocalypse brought on by a tech mogul played by Eric Andre, who created basically he created like an iPhone that becomes sentient and takes over everything voiced rather deliciously by Olivia Coleman. And yeah, that's it. That's the setup. And then it's this kind of, you know, fun animated adventure. I liked it. I don't know if I loved it. I thought it was inventive. I loved the visuals. I thought it was funny. I cracked a smile a few times and I didn't feel like it was time wasted, but I don't know that I've thought about it very much since. How'd you feel about this movie, Dan? I think that on the surface of what it was, I feel similarly to you that I think it was colorful and creative and it had laughs and I understand why people would enjoy it. I feel I I bring a queer lens to this, (laughs) a a critical queer lens to this. (laughs) And first, I couldn't separate it from how much it was informed by by themes from Fun Home. Oh, interesting. Which is, you know, this relationship between a lesbian daughter coming into her own and her father, who in Fun Home is gay himself. Here, this is not revealed. But Mm -hmm. even down to the fact that her, her father's passion in life is building and restoring houses, right? that that is also the dad's passion in, in this in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like they were, they made an obviously queer character without acknowledging it until at the end, in a passing one, line, one line, they did yeah. acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And that almost made me more, more upset mm-hmm. because I feel like if you're having issues with your family, um, this would play into that, right? Right. And yet it goes unacknowledged that apparently her parents are just cool with her being a lesbian or non-binary or queer. Or, you know, it's it's not mm-hmm. it's not it's not discussed. And I, I don't know why that why that bothered me. I think it bothered me because the family is so clearly toxic and mm-hmm. the film doesn't really take a side on that. It's not like they're trying to show what the dynamics are in uh, in a toxic family. <laughs> Yeah, But they just kind of accept that this is how things are. And I think no wonder she wanted to get out. Her dad is aggressive. And what happened? He destroyed her laptop, which was a really important piece of machinery, both for her her, um, ability to connect with the outside world, as well as her passion of movie making. And then her mom just can't speak and will never stand up to dad. And puts up with his nonsense. No wonder she wants out. And then right. when the big day has come where she's able to go meet all these friends that she's made and live her grand new life, her dad has used his power to cancel it. And that's when the story of the movie almost lost me, hmm. where I felt really violated by that in the same way I imagine the character maybe would have. And she's just supposed to get over it. And I'll make the best of it, honey. And, oh, you'll miss orientation. Like, that's not a crucial time. You know, we're just going to go across the country together. And you're going to do things our way. Because rather than individuating and making yourself coming into your own as an adult, we want to make sure that you continue to stay in our family and continue to comply with who we are and make us the center. Right? Right. And in the end, she's like, no, mom and dad, you're my people, not these people. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, yuck, mm-hmm. yuck. You got forced on this trip. And now you're saying that it really wasn't such a big deal and that they're using their power that they still had over you was good. Yuck. 
<laughs> and so anyway, that that really yeah. rubbed me the wrong way. Now that you re- bring to mind some of these details that I completely filtered out, yeah, I, I thought I felt like him breaking the, the laptop and then just kind of. I couldn't tell if it was just clunky plotting to get things moving or if he was really supposed to be that overbearing of a person that he would cancel her flight to college. That's not some cutesy, ah, dad kind of thing. That's aggressive right. and, and horrible. Right. What a nightmare when you're trying to escape a family. Uh, and then I being a little slow, I didn't quite pick up on the queerness until it was made obvious very late in the game. Um, and I was like, of course, but then yeah, what to not bring that up, when you're already dealing, yeah, as you say, everything you said, but that I did have those thoughts eventually. And that is weird that the movie, especially when you're making a theatrical movie, they're not, they don't have that Disney thing where you're only allowed to have, you know, in it first, first queer background character, whatever thing right. Disney keeps doing when you can go for it. And they kind of didn't right in a movie they where they could have. And it, it's clear that that would have been an issue in this family of even just about self-identity, about who we are as the family, when a when a child starts to grow up and it, and they show themselves to be something a little different than the established identity of the family, like that causes chaos. Even for parents that are accepting, having a queer child, a gay child, um, you're saying, oh, now we're a family with a gay child, <laughs> you know, rather than a family of all heterosexuals that that does something to the dynamic and considering how hostile and aggressive dad is and how much mom falls over and is unable to speak truth. And then why is she, why is the mom transformed into a superhero that kicks everybody's ass? That's a fantasy in life. She can't stand up to anybody. Yeah. And the glimpses we get into like when the movie starts to give us little breadcrumbs of where dad's story and what he had to give up to have a child, it doesn't make it better. No, that's terrible because (laughs) this is like, Oh, this person gave something up for me. Therefore I need to go along with their bullshit forever. Right. right. No, no, you freely made the choice to move away from that house. And it wasn't really, um, and it wasn't really shown why. Why did you have to give up your dream in order to have a child? You didn't. Right, you chose right. to. So now it seems like you're holding it over the family's head for the rest of their life. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah. And it, so anyway, I did not yeah. like this family. Okay. All and, right. <laughs> and so on the surface, I get it. But yeah. But since they decided to go that direction with the character, give her this dimension of identity, but then they didn't treat it or put it in context of what that would have meant to her larger family dynamic, especially when the emotional life of the family is front and center of the plotting. I thought, I thought that was disingenuous. And very strange. I mean, going, living away at school and meeting a whole new world of friends. It's just so in it's yeah. The movie minimizes that so much to give her this revelation about, Oh, my family is my family. And then, also, I have this experience, but obviously it's not going to change me. I've, that that doesn't ring true, and it makes right. the ending feel kind of rushed and weird. I don't know. It's um, Also, the dad reminds me of the dad in, what was the movie? Um, the movie where, uh, oh gosh, the, the one where the dad wants to live in the woods, and then everybody gets ends up getting skinned alive. And Right. Well, I mean, I guess that's what would have <laughs> happened to this family. Right. It was the, it's the alternate reality if they would have. Yeah. 
Why can't gone I down the a title of that movie? And then, then uh, I was trying to remember Nick Stahl. Is that the actor who gets yeah. skinned alive by the mom in the end? Anyway, okay. Yeah, that was a movie I enjoyed much more than this. <laughs> right. More, rang more true. Yeah. Well, it actually did. And, yeah. and this yeah. did not. Mm-hmm. It's a shame because I remember I'd seen, I'd been following, I follow some animation blogs and they'd been talking about this one for a while as it got kind of bounced around. It was going to mm-hmm. have a theatrical release during 2020 and then uh, ended up on Netflix. And I was, by, based on the visual style alone, I was excited to see Oh, it. yeah. The I visual style, it. the script, the humor. Like, I, I liked yeah. a lot of things about this. I thought the voice yeah. actors were great. Just that one piece. And that's big because it's the emotional heart of the movie. It's the emotional heart of the movie. Like they didn't need to make it that weird. It is healthy for a young person even to have some conflict with their parents as they come into their own. It's a natural thing to want to leave the nest and you go to college and you meet people who are into stuff. You thought you were the only person who was into it and you meet people and then and then the pendulum goes back and forth and you find out how you're going to come back as an adult into that family unit, Mm -hmm. who you're going to be. But I felt like this was trying to say that it's important not to leave the nest, right. to put your toxic family first. And it, yeah. and the dad was somehow right in imprisoning her and using right. his financial power against her to keep her from doing that. Why? So that yeah. the dad's emotional needs could be met. That's right. really twisted and selfish. So here's two pitches to do the same movie, but make it work better in that sense. One, same story. She's about to go to college, but she doesn't she doesn't assert herself and she's going to go to some community college or something. And then this adventure teaches her to realize herself and then to stand up and say, no, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be myself and go find myself or or she's already been to college and she's found this new life for herself and she has this weird relationship with her family. And then the adventure in the robo apocalypse is how she learns to appreciate her family. Uh, yeah. I would like Something. I would like that second movie better and I think even the move even the setup as it is was okay. It's not like I'm trying to say oh keep themes and dynamics out of movies that I think are toxic. Mm. No, but then have something to say about them. And if right. you're going to act as a morality tale, then be critical of what the dad did and have him come to the change of heart and be the dynamic character mm. rather than rather than her acquiescing or if she does acquiesce then make it a dark ending give it that mood and that tone Mm -hmm. that also even though his his performance is actually i don't know that i would have even known this was doug mcbride if i didn't or danny mcbride i always say that wrong danny mcbride because it's a very for him it's an understated kind of a performance he's reining it in a little bit but why not make the dad someone a little warmer you know what i mean somebody with more of a dad voice because i feel like danny mcbride plays kind of immovable assholes a lot or like well it's typecasting yeah for this role yeah i think that i mean had the dad come out at the end i think that would have made a lot more sense you know he can go live with his partner off in the woods in the cabin and visit (laughs) sometimes and and you know mom's happy because she couldn't stand him (laughs) you know i think that would have just been a better (laughs) ending for this movie yeah that's that movie I don't have anything else to say about it. It's there. It's well done. It has these issues that we both, um, yeah. Stowaway. Tell me about it. All right. So I had heard about Stowaway. I'd seen some people posting about it. And I kind of like space movies. I probably would have ended up seeing it. But then when I learned that it stars Tony Collette and Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. in space, <laughs> this is this is the stuff that gay dreams are made of. Also, Daniel Day Kim, 
from lost fame or at least i'm sure he's yeah. famous for other things too, hawaii 50 uh, fame now but yeah. oh, okay well that's what i know him best from mm-hmm. is from lost and then uh shamir anderson plays the titular stowaway so something i appreciated about this movie and it was something i appreciated similarly about first man is how weird it is to go to space mm-hmm. i feel was well established in the beginning that these people are real people. They're not just uh, mindless automatons that when Tony Collette, who's like the main com- commander and Anna Kendrick is a medical doctor, Daniel DeKim, what is he? He's like a biologist, botanist. Um, they're going to go on a mission to Mars and it's going to take a real long time to get to Mars. And, you know, she takes off the, it, it works out. Okay. And Anna Kendrick's like, wow, that was amazing. You know, kind of like a, a regular person, would react to a to a well done launch that you can't believe you're not dead, um, but they come to discover uh, Shamir Anderson who is playing Michael. He got uh, injured in an accident, I guess, during some of the pre launch checks, and he was stuck in the ship, and he survived being launched out into space. Now there is a difficulty that there's not enough oxygen on board. They were kind of pushing it to have three people have enough oxygen. There's not going to be enough with four to make it to Mars, where I guess there's already a settlement and maybe more supplies they can get or something. And so they hatch a plan that um, Daniel Day Kim's character, uh, who plays David, uh, could grow some of his algae that he was planning on growing on Mars. And maybe that algae can produce the extra oxygen they need, but it becomes pretty clear that it's not going to work. And so they're going to have to figure out uh, well, does one of them have to die? Does Michael, the stowaway, just have to be killed in space so that the other three can survive and make it to Mars? Or is there a way that they can draw oxygen from another part of the ship? Or will the algae be enough? And it kind of turns into this ethical tale of what's the right thing to do? How long can we wait? Do we just kill one person for the safety of the other three? Can the other three then live with themselves if that's what they had to do? Um, And I don't know. I I enjoyed the visuals of this. I enjoyed the performances. I liked the dilemma they were in. And I liked the the grim wistfulness of where it all ended up. Uh, What did you think of this? Yeah, I'm 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 in the ballpark. Um I don't know if I have a, a rave review of this movie, but I also don't have a whole lot of nitpicks or complaints. I am a sucker for slow reality-based sciency space movies. Mm-hmm. I like when it shows you what it, you know, what it's like or attempts to at least lay out a, a vision of what it's actually like to go to space. And I like the the mundanity of like the pro- the procedures they have to go through and and the checks they have to do and and the the logic of you know this goes here and if we want oxygen for this we do that or whatever so i already am in for that and i enjoyed the launch sequence and the kind of and and i think we we were messaging a lot when we were when i was watching it and i like the casting a lot um i mean not because just, just because they're great actors that i enjoy seeing but I feel like Kendrick in particular is a really interesting choice for an astronaut. Mm -hmm. She's young and bubbly. So she may be overlooked for roles like that, but she is also kind of like good at playing a person who has their shit together. And you can kind of buy that she would be a good 
scientist and she kind of she has so much personality in a, in a genre where people are usually kind of just like flat and and what understated but in a movie that's not full of laser gun fights and crazy stuff she brings some kind of spark to it i feel and tony collette is just being so so, so human and so kind of you know, baldly at some points being so stone faced and doing her, her job as captain. But then at certain moments when she loses it, she drops the facade. I felt it was very, very effective uh, without going into some, you know, histrionics or, or melodrama or whatever. So I loved all of that. I was kind of just upset by where the yeah. movie goes. Uh, it was the, the dilemma is so horrible. And then when you think it's going one way, things kind of go sideways and, it really upset me, but uh, I have to say it was effective. I have to imagine that everything I experienced is what they wanted me to feel. Yeah, the the dilemma was so interesting because it was just, it, to me, it brought humanity to the forefront and to have these actors who all seemed so relatable, they seemed like regular people you knew, not just people who'd been brainwashed by military training, let's say, to well protect the group kill you you know Mm -hmm. it it wasn't that thing there was a lot more tender feeling between them and originally we're thinking okay we're not going to involve michael in this decision it's just it just needs to happen but then realizing that that's so inhuman he needs to have a part in this discussion or at least understanding of what is about to happen if indeed it happens um and then i really liked the where they got to the point um, where they decide to try to harvest some oxygen from another part in the ship, which requires an outside walk, even at great risk. There's something about that that rang true and made a lot of sense to me that brought humanity to what we were talking about, saying, like, it is kind of worth the risk of two lives if we can save one, because if we just kill one without trying, we can't live with ourselves. Like if the story becomes that one or two perished trying to harvest this oxygen, um, that's a better story than none of us tried and we just killed somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I also like um, the exploration of character and how uh, what David does when he thinks he's being helpful Yeah. versus what Zoe does to be there for, you know, on a more human interpersonal level with, with Michael, Mm -hmm. just that was interesting how nobody's a villain. Nobody's a cartoon. Everybody behaves in ways that you recognize and you feel like, well, that's what that character would do. Right. And so I, I I felt like, I guess that's a really good script then that it gives these characters things to do that feel organic um, and create dynamic scenes but are not just movie business or, you know, infighting or whatever. Right. And I, I liked that they showed Tony Collette's agony caught between the human situation and her duty as chief commander of the spacecraft. Yeah. Where she, you, you're, I'm completely convinced that she would have done whatever needed to be done, that she would have gone through with whatever she was ordered to do, and at the same time, you could you could see what that did to her mm-hmm. rather than just seeing a, a ship's commander who's just an antagonist, who's just there to carry out duty as opposed to hum, of the human drama. She was just as much a participant in it as the other three. Yeah. 
So I feel like the, the, the seasoned movie watcher in me wanted more of a catharsis or, or wanted me some too. kind of resolution. But in hindsight, I'm realizing how much I appreciate things you don't always get in movies, which is characterization and the plotting. So it's an interesting exercise, I guess, that you don't necessarily get what you want in a lot of senses from this movie. But you, what you get is is pretty excellent, I'm realizing. Yeah, the the accidental dropping and floating away moment mm-hmm. was to me too much of a bummer. Mm-hmm. I wish that hadn't been in this yeah. story. Especially, you know, when that didn't make things any worse or better it was just a big bummer yeah yeah i'm seeing that this director joe penna um made the 2018 film arctic with mads mickelson mm. so i guess he's his specialty is very small casts in outlandish uh settings it kind of makes me want to check that movie out yeah there's something about space movies or you know survival in space movies that in, in some way feels so claustrophobic to me and so scary mm-hmm. because just on the other side of that window or on the other side of this airlock is annihilation. But really, like, is the earth any different? Right. <laughs> you know, that's for right. some reason I feel so secure right here because, of course, it's so much bigger and I'm so much further. But yeah. really, I think that it there, there's like an existential fear that we all have deep inside of us of not, not right. going out into going in, off into the abyss. It's weird because yeah, space movies are particularly interesting because they combine that terror, but with wonder. Right. Right. So like of uh, short of like being buried alive or some horrible nightmare of all the intentional things you can do that are scary. I think the worst to me is going in a submarine. Because it's so claustrophobic, it's iron and pipes, and right. you're under the sea—the worst place you can be under the sea—and anything can go wrong. There's nothing about that that's appealing to me. Whereas going to space, I think there's probably more ways you can die horribly, but it's also got the wonder, and that's another thing this movie has, where characters will take time by the big window, you know, to look at Earth. And I know that's a trope of a lot of space flight movies, but. In a movie like this that's very grounded, I, I I like that. And that, to me, is what would make the whole thing worthwhile. I don't think I would ever go into space, given the opportunity. But Yeah, I don't think I would either. Uh, yeah, down in a submarine, I feel like anything that could go wrong is just you're caught in iron and drowning. <laughs> so, well, it slowly fills up with water. There's no way out. Whereas I feel like walking out into space, I did some research on this to see like what would happen mm. and you'd have like 15 seconds oh, wow. where you'd inflate mm-hmm. and be terribly burned and yeah then you'd then you'd asphyxiate mm-hmm. but you wouldn't just instantly die which is maybe the scariest part right the fun of the movies they whisk yeah. us away to magical experiences i mean had this been a, a normal release you know this would have been an artisan film at amc right of course yeah. i don't think they've started using that little border on, i don't know uh, that they ever stopped yet, really maybe, i don't know uh are you opening your app because i'm opening my app right now no i wasn't <laughs> oh, okay uh i'll tell you if there's any artisan films right usually now. i see them like on the posters in the theater itself mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have that now. Uh, maybe they have it in theater. I'll look for it this week. Maybe they do just have. Aren't, maybe there just aren't any good movies. Maybe. Uh, 
they do have five dollar fan faves. Oh. Uh, my ticket this week, by the way, is Those Who Wish Me Dead. Oh. Which is on remind HBO me, Max. Yeah, remind me what that the is. I, I Angelina Jolie. Yes, yes, yes. Thriller, yes. Rescues a Boy. Oh, no, Min- like Minari's that. here as, an, as a... Oh, as there we go. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I'll go see that. I'll go see that with you. Yeah, okay. Uh... It's based on Angelina Jolie's personal experiences, right? Right. It's about people that are mean to her on social media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I think we did it. That was, uh, look at that. Scintillating conversation. Who says there are no interesting movies to talk about uh-huh, right now? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So, all right, Dan, thanks. All right, bye. I guess, I guess we did it. <laughs> it's been our show. I know. We are Dan and Josh. You can follow us in the show and the music and Jonah Rapino and all that stuff. And thank you so much for listening. We're still here. This is show number 80. Uh, I think it's going to go out with the title Movies, I guess. So, hope you <laughs> Are we going to MIG? Going to MIG again? Yeah, yes. A uh, podcast, I guess. All right. Uh, I wish you peace. Uh huh. Daniel.